It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rumors are swirling about who the Reds could add as a starting pitcher, and they're all pointing to one central theme about how Nick Crawl is going to improve this roster. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker, he's Jeff Carr, and we love baseball. We love these Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken that love for the game, that love for the team, and we have turned it into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's podcast, the hot stove is heating up as more trade rumors are getting out as Cincinnati is now linked to discussions with Cleveland to bring former Cy Young Award winner Shane Bieber to the Queen City. Also, speaking of former Cy Young Award winners, Trevor Bauer is back in the conversation in Reds country based on a tweet that he sent earlier this week. We are going to tell you what he said and discuss whether or not the Reds should entertain a reunion with their only Cy Young Award winner. We're also going to take a look at some possible free agents over at the Nippon League of Japan and talk about whether or not the Reds should be in on a bidding war to bring a player over to the major leagues. Before we get into any of that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets back with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks in your pocket if your team wins in bonus bets back. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. All right, Jeff, let's dig into these rumors. You know, this is the, the second big rumor that's leaked out this week. And this time it involves uh, a trade partner to the north in the Cleveland Guardians and a possible uh, trade for a former Cy Young Award winner in Shane Bieber. Yes, Steve, are you a bully Bieber? Oh, boy. <laughs> but, yeah, it's the second time now that the Reds are linked to a guy, and and he is similar in his team control in Tyler Glass now, which is making me wonder because rumors were that the Reds were in on Sonny Gray before he chose the St. Louis Cardinals on a three-year, $75 million deal. Our thoughts are... Our, our, our guess, our feelings about why he probably chose St. Louis over the Reds is that St. Louis offered him more guaranteed years. Now you look at Glass now, one year of control. Shane Bieber, one year of control. I think this is all hinting toward Nick Crawl looking for a short-term ace. He's looking at the current pitching staff, the current talent that the Reds have, and he sees the potential. He sees the future being very bright for these guys, but he knows you can't necessarily trust where they're at in their careers right now because they still have development to do. They still have some things to figure out. So he wants to get some short-term stability in here rather than going out and signing a guy for maybe four or five, six years, something like that. Now we can debate the merits of that as it were, but looking at this specific rumor, Shane Bieber definitely has a track record of pitching pretty well, 
Although these last couple of years, he has dealt with a few arm issues. And even this last season, he only made 21 starts, which again is something that the Reds have seen with Hunter Green. They, I mean, Luke Weaver made 21 starts for them last year. And Tyler Glass now also made 21 starts. So the first question that we have about him is where is his durability at should the Reds acquire him? Yeah, and and his durability, you know, he he's had some really good seasons. If you if you dig back in his career, I mean, he in one 2019, he started 33 games. In 2022, he started 31 games. Both of those seasons he threw 200 or more innings. Uh, that tells me he's got the ability to do that. And that's really what this Reds rotation is lacked is, is a, a big innings eater, talented guy that can protect the bullpen a little bit. And, and you can rely on every fifth day. Uh, you know, my argument for not prioritizing starting pitcher as the number one move has always been that they only are on the field every fifth day and that the bullpen is on the field every day and the outfield is on the field every day and you should prioritize those moves. But if you can get a guy like this, a guy with a track record of starting 25 or more games in a season, a guy that has a couple 200 inning seasons under his belt, uh, a guy with some statistics that, uh, line up with the things we say we've been looking for in the last two seasons out of Bieber uh, his walks per nine in 2023 was 2.4. And if you go back to 2022, it was 1.6. So you need a guy that's not going to give free passes. You need a guy that can give you a lot of innings and can, can reliably be out there. And I, I think Bieber fits this bill for me. You know, the big thing you hit on, the thing that gives me pause is kind of the same thing that gave me pause when we talked about uh, Glasnow yesterday. And that is the situation with his contract because he would have to be acquired by trade. Uh, yes. I, if they were just going to go out and buy a Shane Bieber or a Glasnow, pay him the money, bring him to town, great. I am fine with that. But the fact that they're going to have to give up player slash prospect capital to achieve this. Uh, the one-year deal gives me a lot of pause, Jeff. And, you know, you, you kind of hit on it when we talked about this yesterday. I think it applies here as well. Now, I'm not okay with trading away that capital, that player prospect capital, without some kind of an extension in place. Even if it's just a one-year deal so that if something goes wrong, you can recover some of your losses, so to speak. You can you can flip them in year two at the all-star break if you have to to get something back. You can you can give them uh, a kind of uh it's a kind of a safety net for the team yeah. really, in case things don't work out. So I, I think I'm in that same camp on on Bieber in that I would I would need some kind of an extension to be okay with it. Uh, overall, uh, I think the talent's there. I think the reliability's there. I think he's definitely an upgrade that makes the Cincinnati Reds better. But uh, Nick Craw would have to do something to offset that loss of prospect capital. Yeah, and I think there's probably an argument to be made here that we've really only seen the Reds linked to trade. Uh, options here, whether it be Dylan Cease or Tyler Glass now or, or Shane Bieber. And I think there's an argument to be made here that is maybe Nick Crawl is doing his due diligence here to see what he has to offer to get one of these guys before he goes and he makes a big sign. Because I still think the best course of action here is to sign a guy for four, five, six years. And you maybe deal with the back end of that contract when the back end of that contract comes up. Because if you're talking about right now, you would rather 
trade away a prospect so that you don't have to be uh, saddled to a long-term ace, then I think that that's a, a, a flawed way of approaching this. I, I, I think that if you go out and you sign a, a, a Snell or a Montgomery or, uh, you know, one of those guys for five, six years, then, and you're worried about the, the fourth, fifth and sixth year on that deal, then I think that you're getting ahead of yourselves. We always talked about this when it came with, you know, the whole idea of service time manipulation, where it's like, if you're worried about the back end of that guy's team control, then why, you know, you're hurting your team now. If they can improve the pitching staff now and maybe pay for it with a little bit of credit down the line, I think that is better than giving up a Connor Phillips or a Rhett Lauder or somebody like that so that you can get a shorter term deal. I think that the economics of that just don't make sense to me. No. And, and that's a great point. And I still struggle. You know, I talked about that tweet that our, our buddy Ken uh, obscure X reds put out. Uh, would you rather have one year of player a versus six years of player B? And, and it's, it's a hard question because your, your knee jerk reaction to that is, well, I want six years of player B, but we don't know more than one. (laughs) Right. But we don't know what those six years are going to look like. We don't know if Connor Phillips is ever going to be a, a bona fide as far as being a starting rotation piece in the major leagues. We don't know that we kind of think that he's going to be, he's shown flashes, Mm -hmm. but we don't know. And, And the same with louder and the same with petty and the same with all these other pitchers, it's a gamble. And, and this is why Nick crawl makes the big bucks because do you hold on to that prospect capital indefinitely, or do you make a run right now? And, and I, and I think, I think the answer is the middle ground. And I keep coming back to that, Jeff, it's the, I don't want to look at year five and six, but I am interested in year two and three. So if the Reds can get some kind of a deal in place with a pitcher, whether it's free agent or trade and extend that gets this team two to three years of control of that player, making the rotation better without giving away everything in the cupboard. I think that's the sweet spot. And I think that's where Nick crawl probably is looking and maybe why we're not hearing a whole lot right now. He, he's kind of trying to thread a needle to, to keep every, every one of the players involved happy, pun intended, the players themselves, the front office, the ownership group. You know, it's not, you know, he doesn't have it like Brian Cashman. He doesn't have it mm-hmm. where he can just kind of, I want the shiny toy. I'm going to go buy the shiny toy. You know, he's got to be a little bit more nuanced than that. And, and I think that's why the news is slow in coming this offseason. Yeah, and I I don't think because I've seen some people asking this as well, like there has been an uptick in rumors these last couple of days, the Reds being linked to different guys. Does this mean that something's going to happen before Reds Fest? I don't think so. I think this is Nick Crawl setting his ducks in a row for the winter meetings, and I think the winter meetings is where we will see some things happen for the Reds. I don't think there's going to be that big move because – you know, we had Mike Mustakas a few years ago at Reds Fest after he had just been signed. I don't think we're looking at something like that. I think it's going to take a little bit more time, and that's fine. I, I mean, it's not the, the the idea is not to win Reds Fest. the The idea is win to, uh, win the World Series. And let's be honest, we're going to have a ton of fun this weekend at Reds Fest anyway, whether or not a new face is there. Because I can't wait to see all the different people that we're going to get to see. Uh, but I know this. 
it's it's showing me i think nick crawl at least right now is prioritizing a short-term ace over a long-term speaking of short-term and and something that i think plays into this um when it comes to trevor bauer and the whole question of should the reds go get him or not it all boils down to one question we'll ask it coming up next Before we ask that, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is FanDuel. There is no better time to get into FanDuel than right now. If you are uh, a potential new customer, you got to check out FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. They've got a great promo for you where if you make a $5 Moneyline bet that wins, you'll get $150 in bonus bets added on to that. That's right. You you win, and you win again, even just for that one $5 Moneyline bet. That's a fantastic offer. They've got so many great offers as well. As you head into the college football games, there's so many uh, conference championships that are coming up. You've got uh, the NFL that's in the second half. We're you know, getting close to the, the stretch run for the playoffs. And you've got basketball. A lot of great there, – there's a great college basketball game that just happened last night between Kentucky and Miami. Uh, so many great options for you over at FanDuel. And when it comes to all of the different sports, they've also got – point spreads on top of the money lines, as well as the over-unders, which I always say take the over unless you're betting on Iowa football. Iowa somehow limits everybody in their scoring. I think I'm going to even take the under in this Big Ten championship. They had Iowa-Nebraska last week was 26.5 on the over-under. I took the under, final score, 13-10. to 10. These guys just don't score, and neither does their opponent. So I'd be interested in that. I'm also interested in the future, the Reds, to win the National League, 20 to 1 odds right now in FanDuel. That is only, those odds are only going to get shorter as the Reds get better this offseason. Jump in on it now. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on, and your first $5 money line wager is going to net you, or that wins is going to net you $150 in bonus bets on top of it. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and the official sportsbook of Locked On. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. Coming up on tomorrow's episode, we've talked a lot about pitching. A lot. I mean, we're talking more about pitching today. But the Reds also need some help in the outfield. But how do we zero in on that? Is that an everyday outfielder? Is that a platoon outfielder? We're going to set the record straight on tomorrow's Locked On Reds podcast. And oh, by the way, you know, Locked On has created the first ever 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. I'm pretty sure right, there was Steve, something let- wrong with your mic when you were doing your little ad read there because I swear... It garbled and almost sounded like you said take an under, and that yeah. cannot be. That that's 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 not possible. So I, clearly, Iowa, that. Iowa football and the under. It's it's amazing. <laughs> there was a stat that I saw, and this is weird cross reference, real quick. But I saw this stat on Iowa football. If the total is under thirty points, they're eleven and zero hitting the under. It's amazing. Wow. They just don't score, and they don't allow the opponent to score. So whatever the under is with them in Michigan, I think I'm taking it. All right. Anyway, back to baseball. Because Trevor Bauer has resurfaced. I don't know that he ever really went away. Uh, he's making sure of that. But here recently, he responded to a fan that said, would you be interested in coming to Cincinnati? He had this tweet to say. 
He said, yes, of course. Loved playing in Cincy and never got to celebrate playoffs with the fans. Still have a lot of friends there. Got on really well with staff and front office. And the team is good and has real winning chances. What's not to like? So, Steve, well, when it comes to Trevor. like spelling Cincy correctly. That's the first yeah, thing I'd like to point it's out. No I. It's no I. It's a no. Y. It's a Y, exactly. It's, it's a Y. Um, we'll, we'll, we, we could probably teach him that at a later date. Uh, but the question surrounding Trevor Bauer is this. Does Trevor Bauer make the Reds a World Series contender? Oh, man. That's the that's the multi-million dollar question, isn't it? I, I mean, I mean, look, there there were moments in Trevor Bauer's career where he has been phenomenal. Uh, 2020 for the Cincinnati Reds being a prime example of that. Uh, we all know now what the off-field controversies that surrounded him are and, and what those distractions will be. And that's going to be, look, if you don't want to personally be a fan of Trevor Bauer, uh, the man, the person, that is your business. That is totally up to you. And if if the signing of Trevor Bauer is going to make you stop being a Reds fan, that's, again, a personal decision. But looking at the baseball side of it and the just the simple limiting it to baseball facts, is Trevor Bauer the, the piece that pushes the rotation over the top? We don't know that. And I think it's probably the answer is probably no right now. He's been great. You know, his, his 2020 season, phenomenal. Uh, but he was out of baseball. He hasn't been pitching at the pinnacle for a while now. Did not pitch in 2022. 2023 pitching in Japan, uh, not horrible numbers, uh, 24 games, 130, 156 innings, 2.59 ERA. That's what you would expect a good to above average to great major league pitcher to do going to a lesser league. And yes, I said, it's a lesser league for anybody that wants to argue that they're same, same. It's, they a, quadruple are a, yeah. it's a, it's a four a league. So, so his numbers over there are what you would expect, but has he been challenged? Has he had to work through adversity? Has he maintained his edge? All questions that would have to be answered. So all of those things being said, Trevor Bauer is not your multi-year big money starting pitcher ace number one guy to bring into a rotation. It's a different question with Trevor Bauer for me. He keeps coming up, and I understand he's the team's only Cy Young Award winner. Uh, He pitched phenomenally during his time in 2020 with the reds i get why people keep coming back to this but he's but he's not you know waltzing through that clubhouse door and instantly making the reds the favorite to win the world series trevor bauer has a lot of questions to answer he has a lot of questions to answer about can he not be a distraction can he not be a sideshow can he not take away from the team that's trying to really for the first time in a long time go and win some playoff baseball can he not be those things can he be a valuable addition to this team? Can he return to his major league form? All of those questions can only be answered with him on the field. And it's a gamble. It's a risk. And it's a risk for a team to take that is, again, trying to finally right the ship and doing it in a big, meaningful way. Trevor Bauer is a prove-it kind of player that needs a prove-it kind of deal. Is that a one-year deal? Is that a two-year deal? Is it a one-year deal with options and incentives? I think that's probably much more likely than him being a big-money, multi-year signing guy. Uh, At the end of the day, Jeff, I am really, really torn because if if you want me to make a baseball evaluation on this situation, this is a player that could be worth a flyer, could be worth a deal with the right structure 
to find out if he still got it. But then you do have to consider the sideshow. You do have to consider the distractions. And from a, from a team building standpoint, if you're Nick crawl, you really have to ask yourself the hard question is what I'm going to gain for this franchise by signing Trevor Bauer worth everything else that's going to come along with it. And I don't know that the answer to that question is yes. And the, the answer to the question of, does he make them a world series contender? The answer is no, we don't know who he is. Uh, he's not the, the 2021 version because yes, when he went to the Dodgers, he still pitched phenomenally well. And he was still very much in the Cy Young running until all of the, the off the field stuff really came to a head. I, I don't know that that's who you get. And so with that, if you sign him, there's got to be an exit strategy. There's got to be a clear exit strategy if things go south or if the Reds aren't in contention or something like that. Because the thing with him is if he's pitching well, you're not going to trade him. And if he's not pitching well, no one's going to want him if you try to trade him for you know a, a, a low-level prospect or something like that. So you've got to be able to cut him or, or, or something like that. Because regardless of the off-the-field stuff with him, you're getting Trevor Bauer's personality. Trevor Bauer is a outgoing. Uh, he's going to say things. He's going to be active in the locker room. He's going to be an active member of the team, whatever that looks like, whether that's rubbing guys the wrong way, whether that's fitting in, that depends on how he meshes with the team because he's not going to go to a team and be a, you know, a, a quiet person guy who sits in his locker pitches every fifth day and doesn't say anything that is not happening that is not who trevor bauer is and never will be he is always going to be a spotlight kind of guy how does that mesh with a young team that already has its leaders in place i don't necessarily know that when you're going out and adding a player whether it be a pitcher outfield or whatever you don't need to bring in a guy that's a leader you need to bring in a guy who fits with the players that are already on this team. And I have real questions about whether that can actually happen. And all of this is, is, is added onto the fact you asked me this while we were kind of preparing for the show. You said, if, if the reds signed him today, what's your thought? And my thought is what else is happening? Because he's not the only pitcher that you sign. He's not the only starting pitcher that you sign. You sign. So you still are looking for an ACE. You're still looking for a guy that you trust. He's not in that level of the, the tier of I trust that I know what he's going to give the Reds every fifth day. And with that, I, I, that makes me say if the Reds add him at all, that's in the latter portion of the offseason where you're talking about waiver, waiver wire additions, uh, major league minimum type guys, things like that. Guys who are, are reclamation projects, basically, is what we're talking about here. I am not signing trevor bauer thinking that he is my ace on day one if you do that then the offseason is not a passing grade i think that's a fair take jeff i'm i'm still i'm really still struggling with the 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 sideshow that it that this this type of signing would create i just i feel like that at the end of the day it does more harm than good no matter how he would perform and and that's not and i'm and listen that's not just the that's not just his recent court drama uh, although right. that's a huge huge factor of this i mean you know you can only ask a fan base to to hold their nose 
so many times before they're no longer going to hold their nose. But throwing other that fan out, bases do. I mean, the Rangers yes, with the Rodas Chapman, do. the Braves with or, Marcelo Zuna. But yeah, Yankees for a lot of players. It is absolutely yeah. true. Not even talking about that. Throw that aside. The other things you kind of you hit on there. Trevor Bauer is not going to just show up to work every day and sit in his corner and listen to music at his locker. He's going to have his say. He's going to do his wild routine that he does out in the outfield every day and his 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 off off angle preparation model that he uses and he is going to be vocal on social media. He is going to be walking around with his GoPro and he's going to be posting things and he's going to be putting stuff out there all the time because at the end of the day, Trevor Bauer is really about Trevor Bauer first. And I think that's the, that's the place where I've been trying to get, I've been trying to get to what the, what the thing I'm trying to say is. And that is that Trevor Bauer is about Trevor Bauer first. And I don't think that fits the vibe of this team because there's really nobody else on this team that, that is that way. Everybody in this group is a, is a core team guy and uh, they don't put themselves first and, and yeah, they're going to show out as, as young guys doing their thing, but they're not, they're not showing out in a me first way. And I don't think he fits that vibe there either. And, and listen, I'm glad we've had this conversation, Jeff, because it's really solidified for me that I don't think it's worth the risk. I don't think it's worth the drama. I don't think it's worth the problem, no matter what kind of deal they get for him. Uh, they need to go out and 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 not try to take a shortcut, not try to go the easy way. Go get a big free agent starting pitcher. Go talk to Snell. Go talk to Montgomery and and and, and let let the Kansas City Royals or somebody somebody yeah. that's not got a whole lot else going on. Let them go try this Trevor Bauer experiment. There are too many options out there for this to be the focus right now. Look, if he's still on the market in late February or something like that, maybe we entertain this question again. But as of right now, for the time being, yeah, we're not interested. Yeah. Trevor Bauer does not move the needle to a World Series championship. But you know who could move the needle for a World Series championship? How about a free agent ace from the land of Japan? Could the Reds look to one of the Japanese aces that are interested in joining a Major League Baseball team this offseason? We're going to discuss that coming up next. You can follow us in between episodes on all of the social media platforms. You can find Jeff and I over at X Twitter, X Twitter, Twitter X, whatever we're calling it. You can find me at S Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. He went to school in Alabama. Spelling is hard. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. There's no Fs in that. Also, Hit us up over on Discord. The Discord community is great. Uh, we have great conversations over there, baseball and non-baseball. We're talking football. We're talking gaming. All kinds of things over there for everyone on the Discord server. The link is down in today's episode description. All right, Jeff. Free agents from Japan. This is going to be another interesting conversation because there's some decent rumored names out there and and not even really rumored at this point there there's a full-on bidding war developing for a couple guys that are considered to be fairly valuable additions for a major league baseball team uh, but to bring one of these guys over is going to be costly and costly for a lot of reasons the player themselves is going to be expensive uh, the rules for bringing a player over from japan are gonna make it even more expensive and there's still some question marks about whether or not you're going to get a bona fide major league baseball player. 
So all that being said, Jeff, help us navigate this. What could possibly be a benefit to the Cincinnati Reds uh, in this uh, free agent slash bidding process with Japanese Baseball League? Yeah, I think both of these guys would really fit into the Reds rotation well, but I definitely think that Shoto Imanaga is much more likely than Yoshinobu Yamamoto because Yamamoto is being courted by every single team out there. I mean, it was widely reported yesterday that the New York Yankees have held on to Yamamoto's favorite number for the last like 18 months expecting him to want to come to New York and pitch for the Yankees. That's how deep they are into this. So as fun as it would be for the Reds to go get Yamamoto, uh, they've got a lot of competition. Now, Yamamoto is fantastic. He is 25 years old, but he's already pitched for seven years. He has a 1.72, yes, less than two career ERA in seven years. And he's not even 26 years old. He averages a strikeout per inning and just right around two walks per inning. So again, fits into the Shane Bieber mold that he doesn't walk guys. And he has a, a, I think it's a four pitch mix that I saw that he's able to command. I mean, we're talking about bona fide ace level dude. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch for whatever team goes and gets him. The key to it all though, we're looking at six to seven years, maybe even longer than that, maybe even eight or nine. And over 200 million for the total contract. I don't necessarily know. And we've talked about this. The Reds have money to spend. They could probably sign him. But on top of the 200 plus million dollars that they would sign him for, there is a fee that is a percentage of that, not a flat fee, but like a percentage of like, I want to say it's almost like 10%. You're talking about probably an extra 20, 25 million dollars that they would have to pay to his team, which actually was the same team in Japan that Trevor Bauer pitched for um, Dana. And I'm, I'm forgetting the name. I should have wrote it down in our notes, but um, they, uh, that would be the fee on top of the contract they would pay to Yamamoto. So as, as fun as it would be, I don't think that he is in, in anywhere near going to end up in Cincinnati. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the absolute correct take jeff uh, the reds aren't going to be in on yamamoto although he's a very interesting player because the, 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 this japanese model is very hard to to sort through uh you have to ask yourself you know how do you value the stats from the japanese baseball league i, I think you and i are both in agreement we've called it a, a 4a league before you know if you've got a guy that's pitched in it for seven years 25 years old and and at that 4a level has a career 1.72 ERA. Um, I, I feel like if you if you translate that to he's been in the major, major leagues, minor league system, and has those numbers, 25 years old, he's getting the call up. He, he's ready yeah. to move to the next level. He's an interesting... I mean, you double that, that's a 3.5 ERA. That's totally yeah, MLB. Still, yeah. For sure. So then you have to weigh the, the contract that he's going to take. Six or seven years? No, I, I bet it lands somewhere nine or ten. Um, yeah. 200 plus million. Yeah, it's going to be plus. Uh, this is going to be a massive signing and it's going to be one of those free wheel and big spenders, uh, either of the New Yorks at this point, because the Mets shaved a lot of money about payroll that and, and Cohen is willing to spend. So either of the New Yorks, the Dodgers, somebody else, maybe in California, big market. I don't know that, that the Seattle is want to sign a Japanese player quite a, it's been a, it's right. been a few years since they it's have been so a few years to that. 
but there's a lot of risk with this. You know, everybody is not Shohei Otani. Everybody right. is not Ichiro. Everybody is not going to have that kind of success. It's much more likely that you end up with an Akiyama than you do an Otani. And, mm -hmm. and that's a big concern. So I don't know that the Reds are going to be anywhere near this. Will they have a conversation? I don't even know that they'll have a conversation with Yamamoto. I, I think mm -hmm. that the whole experience with how much effort and money went into bringing Shogo Akiyama to Cincinnati uh, probably has left the Castellini ownership group very unwilling to, to dabble in that market again. I could see that. And, and that's the thing here is that when it comes to Yamamoto, lots of suitors probably out of the Reds range. Shoto Imanaga is also going to have a decent amount of suitors. He's a little bit different. He's 30 years old does have one of the best strikeout rates in all of Japan that the league itself. I was reading about this. The league itself averages a strikeout rate for pitchers around 19%. Imanaga has got a 29 and a half percent strikeout rate. So he absolutely blows everybody out of the water when it comes to strikeouts, but being 30 years old, a little bit older than Yamamoto, he's not going to have the super long-term contract like that. And he might get something closer to what the Mets signed Kodai Senga for last season. They signed Kodai Senga around five years, $75 million. So I could see that with Imanaga as well, which would put him back closer to where the Reds might go. But I'm with you, and I think that the question has to be asked, and, and I think you kind of answered it a little bit, what are the Castellini's uh, – propensity for wanting to go through this process again and i think that that is a key question here where nick crawl I, I i trust is in control of the roster improvements here i think this does bring ownership back into the forefront because you have to bring him to cincinnati you have to kind of court him a little bit you got to show him around town you got to you know do all this stuff and basically sell the city to uh, to a Japanese free agent a little bit more so than you would a, a typical free agent that's just on the open market in Major League Baseball. And with all of that, the added fee that is one check, it's not spread over multiple years. You just sign a check for like $15 million and you send it to their team in Japan. So there's so many more things that get added onto this that while it's fun to kind of think about Yamamoto or Imanaga in a Reds uniform, I think it's highly highly unlikely like i'm thinking yeah probably a non-zero chance but less than one percent well with with imanaga it's interesting if i read you a description of a pitcher that goes like uh pitcher a throws two pitches a fastball in the low to mid 90s with good command and a slider in the mid 80s that's what he does where do really? you think that guy relief pitcher exactly that's exactly what that sounds like and are you going to give a relief pitcher five years 75 million dollars to come no you're not um i i don't i i think that imanaga sounds a lot more like a major league relief pitcher and i i just i don't think they'll be in on him i don't think i think they'd love to have yamamoto but they can't be in on him um that's just not going to happen so uh, i i think the likelihood of of one of these you say a non-zero chance no, I think there's not a chance. Hmm. That's fair. And and as fun as it is to kind of think about, like, th this market does have lots of options. And as competitive as it is, and every time you hear somebody saying that the Reds are in on somebody, you also hear it, well, the Cubs are in on, the Mets are in on, the Braves are in on, the, you know, everybody's in on the pitchers that are out there. I still think that there's plenty of options that the Reds don't need to be pigeonholed into 
you know, making a exorbitant trade or in this case, signing over a crazy check for a fee uh, to, to get a guy that's not proven. That's the other part of this that is as, as fun as it is to imagine Yamamoto and Imanaga in Cincinnati, these guys are not on the same trust level as a Blake Snell or a Jordan Montgomery or a, you know, trading for Dylan Cease or something like that. So I think that's, that's a key part of it as well. So on the bombshell that the Reds aren't probably not going to sign a Japanese free agent pitcher. That's where we're going to end today's podcast. Thanks everybody so much for checking out today's lockdown Reds podcast. And as always for our everydayers, thank you for being an everydayer and making us your first listen tomorrow. We're going to talk about the outfield. We talked a lot about pitching, 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 and pitching is important. But tomorrow we're looking at the outfield because the question is everyday outfielder platoon outfielder. What, what does that entail? Because I don't think it's an easy answer, but we'll try to give you an answer on tomorrow's show. Until then, Steve, what can people expect from you? They can expect you and I to continue to monitoring all of the rumors, gathering up all that information, watching for more information leaking as the hot stove heats up as we get closer and closer and closer to the winter meetings. We're going to gather it all up, bring it right back here to keep you locked on Reds every single day. I am proud of your pronunciation skills and how they've developed. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.